Hey everyone, I'm Halise, a digital storyteller and video producer. And I'm Mr. Halise, and I still do not have COVID yet. Five months, ooh, not even five months. Yeah, we're not Four there. Months. Four months and going strong. Still haven't caught it yet. And that is relevant because he's a nurse. Anyway, mm. welcome back to, well, not even back. How presumptuous. Wow. Welcome to the StumbleWell podcast. <laughs> it's just a married couple that you know talking about things. Today's episode, we are going to talk about COVID, the coronavirus. And its impact on the marriage. Yes. And we're talking about this mostly because I think a lot of y'all have, not even I think, a lot of y'all have asked when I have solicited questions for possible StumbleWell topics, a lot of y'all have been like, how are y'all handling COVID? What's it like? What's going on? For those of you that may or may not be new here, the reason why I think a lot of people that watch us are asking is because Mr. Halise is a registered nurse. He has his master's in nursing. I'm a nurse manager at an outpatient clinic. That's, that's pretty much it. But pretty much for the last, yeah, I want to say two months, but it might have been longer. Mm. It's been at least two months where I've been sitting out uh, by the front entrance of the building, waiting for anybody to come into the building, and asking them if uh, they are going into my clinic, because we are spread out through three floors, and also screening them for coronavirus. Yeah. So everybody that comes in, all the hard-of-hearing people that come right up to your face... (laughs) (laughs) Um, all the people asking, is this the right building? I don't know why everyone gets into this mindset, but they said, I think I'm in the wrong place or I'm lost. It's like, you ain't got to say all, just where are you? Anyway, (laughs) um, I mean, so if y'all are asking, I guess I'll tell it because my answer is very simple. I know you, you've had the most dramatic change. Have I? Since, Yeah. I, I mean, your I your have. physical workspace has changed. True. Yeah. Okay. For me, it's it's been a a gradual descent into I don't know what, but for you, mm. it's yeah. I feel like it's it's been a, a bigger change for you. Yeah, I guess so. I know at the beginning of this year, and those of y'all who've maybe been around for a while know this that I had grand hopes for this year of <laughs> yes, twenty twenty. <laughs> I wanted to grow to 100,000 subscribers here, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, oh, I already, oh, I've almost, oh, wow, I've done stuff. Anyway, I wanted to, my two goals for 2020 was to lose 10 pounds and grow to 100,000 subscribers. Sorry, can you re- do that again? I think oh, I was right. clear in my throat. My goal for 2020 was to lose 10 pounds and grow to 100,000 subscribers, and the channel is growing significantly. We've had a big boost in the last 30 days or so, so that's really cool. Thank you so much for liking, sharing, and subscribing. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, But yeah, one of the big things that was a bummer was I actually work out of a co-working space. um, And there's been many vlogs that y'all have seen of me in the co-working space. Patreon producers, you know, I would do like our Monday motivations from the co-working space. (laughs) Um, And there's a lot of videos on the channel that are just, it's very obvious that I'm at the co-working space. But obviously because of everything going on, It has had to close for the time being, um, which is a bummer because it is nice to have a space where you can... Separate. Yeah, separate your work and kind of when you leave the office for the day, you're done. So you don't bring it home. So I've had... My biggest adjustment has just been working from home 
but I don't really feel like that, like in the grand scheme of the world <laughs> and struggles and people losing jobs and stuff. I'm glad that, I'm grateful that my, I just pivoted to like the location changed and that's it, you know? Yeah, I'm still going to emphasize that in the microcosm that is our lives. Yeah. It was a big thing when we first moved to San Antonio and you were working out of our old house. Yeah. The, rent, the house that we were renting. Yeah. Um, it was kind of situated in the back. The It was not properly insulated. It was super hot. Yeah. Um, we used that back entrance because the the office or that bedroom had an entrance or a, a doorway into the backyard. Mm-hmm. And so we used that a lot to take Dakota out. Yeah. And so we were just always in your office and there was no separation. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, what else was it about that office that you didn't like? So it's not that I didn't like the three bedroom situation we had. Mm-hmm. It's purely the location of that house itself that bothered me. It was oh. a good location for being burby. Like, for Burbs, it's a good location, for sure, because you're right next to I-10, and you have so much stuff just all along I-10. You, you were right next to that running trail, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, and then, yeah, we were right next to the running trail, which was awesome. That was what bothered me, was the location. Oh. I liked if that space, if that home was somehow downtown <laughs> and affordable still, it would be perfect. <laughs> that would be, like, the perfect setup for us. Because I always thought that there was a lack of separation from work and home that was really what was killing you. Um, so I w- I've been really cognizant of it yeah. and I've been, cause you always wanted to leave. Yeah. I would get home and then you would either want to go out and eat or go out and get a drink or just leave that space. True. Um, and now we live in our current area and we, because of the whole virus, we don't leave. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe we'll go out and grab something to eat, but we'll just, we'll be home on the weekends and it'll be, it's actually nice. Coming from an introvert? Um, yeah, I like it, honestly. I will say, I think for me, another reason why I have enjoyed, well, that's not the right language, but I appreciate the time inward right now. The time inward. Yeah, reflective time inward. Uh, one, because obviously I don't, I f- am more than happy to stay inside if that means keeping other people safe from me, you know? Mm. Um Especially considering, and this is something I've kind of had to tell a few potential jobs that have come up for the company, is just kind of like, well, because you're a nurse and it's one of those things where even though you're in an outpatient clinic, you still are probably going to have, as the last few weeks anyway, you've had a little bit more exposure to the virus, people coming in that have it and don't quite know they have it yet or whatever. Oh, you're kind of jumping the shark a little bit. Sorry. Um, Then for me, it's kind of like through, because... Sorry, that's kind of like the biggest thing in my job at that point. Sorry, go ahead, continue. Um, Because of that, I'm just, I'm a lot, I think I'm a little more cognizant of myself and self-aware than I think other people who maybe don't have, like, partners who are in some kind of medical field, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's just a higher chance that I could have it without knowing, possibly, and then go out somewhere to grab groceries or do something like that and get somebody sick without realizing that I'm doing that. So I'm just kind of... Like, even though the co-work, so for example, the co-working space that I work out of, it had reopened and was doing limited hours and social distancing and stuff. But then there just came a point where I was just like, I kind of really shouldn't be here, though. 
thinking about this. Mm. There's a lot of pregnant women that were coming in. There's a lot of pregnant women that work out of the co-working space and stuff. And it's just like, I'd see them come in and just be like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, like safety, I sh- really shouldn't be here. <laughs> so That's more on... Well, no. So, I mean, it's it's on both parties, but it's more on them. I mean, yeah, I mean, if they I were know truly trying to protect themselves, and they would be, you know, yeah, either not out and about or masked. Were they even masked? I guess they were masked. Like oh, okay, everyone good. who came in had to have a mask. There's on. no mask shaming right now, but you really should be wearing a mask. Yeah, you really should. Um, but I don't know. I just felt I was like I just felt like am I being kind of selfish like to come here and risk mm. these people? Eh, I could just like I don't need to be here. You know what I mean? It's not necessary. It's just nice. So that's been my big thing of separating what is necessary versus what is nice. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening slash watching this episode of the Stumblewell podcast. Thank you. Uh, a few things. Like the video if you're watching us on YouTube. Also, please engage with us down below in the comments section. We really appreciate it. If you're listening to us, Please rate us on whatever app you're listening to us on, because that really... That's the other thing. Apparently, if they rate you on iTunes, yeah, that that's makes, how other people... Yeah, that like helps. Specifically, if you can rate us on iTunes, cool. But wherever you're listening to us, rate us on that platform. we got to make our asks very like... Actually, is iTunes... Very tight and right. iTunes isn't going to be a thing anymore. Apple's doing away with it. Rate us wherever you can, please. Just rate us, you know? <laughs> And ideally, you know, ideally, preferably four or five stars. Then the last thing you can do is if you want to take it a step further and really continue to just be part of the Stumblewell fam, if you will, hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash There you get early access to videos, private weekly vlogs from me. You Whoa. also get early access to these podcasts oh. before they go live. Oh my God. Also, we're almost at our goal which is crazy. Yeah, we're we're probably almost there. I don't know. I'm looking at my watch, I but either. I like the effect. We are almost at our goal, which means that the podcast will come back and be back weekly because we are almost at our goal. So please so submit yes. podcast ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if we're going back to weekly, which it looks like we will be because we're almost at our goal, then please give us podcast ideas because Loki... Uh, kind of didn't really think that we would ever hit the goal and we did and so now we have to like have ideas anyway <laughs> check all that out and uh, now back to the podcast merch back to the podcast for me it's like yeah i'm a nurse but back when i worked in the er there was something called or something that we referred to as princess shifts and so you would come in and work four hours and then leave <laughs> Uh, you'd come in, work your little pretty princess shift, and then <laughs> GTFO before all the crazies showed up. But I would equate, like, I would use the same term on, and it's not like, I'm not demeaning the gender or anything, but I I would say that my current role in my current clinic is a princess shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not doing any heavy lifting. I'm not, like, all the stuff that you saw in New York and all the stuff that you're seeing now in Texas in the COVID units in the makeshift COVID units, in the overflow COVID units, where everyone's like fully decked out in PPE the entire day. That's not quite my day. Um, And I don't quite have that, I don't have anywhere near that level of stress, right? Because it's working as a nurse is stressful. And then 
maybe not having enough PPE or maybe not, uh, or the possibility of exposure or anything like that. Those are additional stressors. Whereas with me, it's less, there's no stress as a nurse, but there is the stress of potentially catching something because everyone's just coming in. And I only recently got a face shield that I ordered for myself. Um, so it's, yeah, like permanent masking. A lot of people complain about it and it's, yeah, uh, it takes some getting used to, but it's not that bad really in an bad. enclosed space. Um, it's not limiting your oxygen. Like there's studies that have already indicated that you're not retaining CO2. It's not that big of a deal. People say, oh, I don't know how you could do it all day. And the yeah, I'd rather not catch something. Exactly. <laughs> the, auto, the automatic response is it's better than the alternative. Right. And they say, yeah, yeah, okay. There was a, a nice shift where people were here in Texas, you know, and then hospital capacity is almost in the single digits, pretty much statewide. Um, a lot of people getting sick, thousands every day. And so now it's, oh, okay, I see a lot more people coming Wearing in with masks. the mask. It's like 98% now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There was, it was very interesting because there was a time, I would say, because we're in July now, mm -hmm. I would say for... It was like end of May going into June. Oh, yeah. People really laxed. We were in public spaces. Lot. We were actually the only ones wearing masks. Yeah. There and were people were looking at us. Yeah, like, why are you still wearing them? It was weird because we would be walking on the river. And it's like, the like yeah, you're outside. But if you've ever been to San Antonio on the Riverwalk, there's just so many people walking on it now, especially because it's like the only thing you can do outside yeah. right now is walk the river um so we would just have our masks on because it's like there's no way you can have a good social distance you're gonna be passing people like you're just there's just no way to not do it with you need a mask on and people would still like yeah look at us like we were weirdos because we had our masks on and stuff but it's just like i mean yeah we're outside but you're there's no way to avoid seeing somebody or talking or you know yeah, so, I mean... People really laxed, yeah. like, way too much end of May, beginning of June. And now we're... Now everyone's... Paying the piper. Yeah, and everyone, now everyone's like, oh, crap, group project, we all need an A. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the night before. And but it's the night before, and everybody's... Yeah. Ain't nobody cracked open the book. Yeah, exactly. It's like that situation. We'll get there. The Sabaros closing. <laughs> Sabaros. And you need food. <laughs> Um, I guess the biggest change for me is, yeah, there's, I run the risk of catching something every hour of every day. It's like, whatever. That's almost everybody working now, yeah. um, in the health profession or in a health field. Um, the other big, I mean, professionally for me, the big thing is that I'm, I've been pulled from like my administrative role. And so I don't feel like I'm doing, I pretty much am not doing anything administrative. Yeah. Um, I'm not even quite working as a nurse, um, as a screener, like yes and no, but it's just, I just feel like a huge lump out there. And I, I feel like, I feel like the virus and everything that's happened with not only your clinic, but the hospital system in general is just kind of shown just like what is working or what is, well, what was already issues before something like this was happening where it is kind of like, are we truly utilizing our staff to the best of their ability? Are we truly like promoting from within? Are we truly like just creating an environment where people want to stay long term? Like all mm. that kind of stuff. 
Um, All that's just been, I mean, it's, it's, it's not always, priority one. Right. And it's always been an issue. And so now I think with the virus, it's just exposed that issue that much more specifically for you. Cause I know you're not happy with what you do specifically. I don't know how much we want to get into that, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm not working. I'm not fulfilling the role that I should be in that I was in the clinic. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's part of where my negative headspace comes in, you know, time to time. Uh, but the biggest impact, I think, comes from the infectious risk, obviously, and how it's impacted you, well, and me, from seeing our families. Yeah, that's true. I hate the fact that well, it was Father's Day. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and you did some socially distant visiting, but you couldn't really see them. Yeah. For Father's Day, because so my parents live in this city as well. So for Father's Day, I went over and saw my dad and we just kind of like hung out on the porch in a socially distanced way and chit chatted. And then, yeah, that was kind of (laughs) it. That was what we did. I just went over there and talked to him for about an hour or so and then came back home and that was it. But usually for Father's Day, yeah, we usually either just take him out to dinner or something like that yeah i think last year it's always didn't pretty i make key. something last year yeah last year you made dinner for everybody everybody came over because that's like his thing and that's like most dads yeah. i feel most dads just like want their kids want to be surrounded by want the family their progeny. around so look you, at what my seeds have grown into yeah and so it was like my sister's family us and then my mom and dad and we were all yeah. and you made dinner for everybody and that was cool me members and that's been weird. That's actually been pretty weird because I don't see my parents that often, even though I live in the same city as them. But even so, it's this has been like it reminds you that you see them more often than you you think. Yeah, it, I didn't. Re- I thought I felt like I didn't see them very often, but now this year I've realized like, oh no, I did see them pretty regularly. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so weird how much I haven't seen them. At all. And my parents live about two and a half hours away. Yeah. And we used to see them. It's usually pretty heavy the first half of the year. It's yeah. at least two or three times. It's like Easter. All the big stuff. Easter, Mother's, Mother's Day, Day, Father's Day. Day. Yeah. Um, and it's it's almost once a quarter thereafter, but I haven't seen them at all. Yeah. This year, I'm sure that's pretty common for everybody else. Yeah. Just because of the higher risk, people being, both of our parents are over... What's the age, 60, that they're concerned sure. about? Like 60? Yeah. yeah. I mean, both all of our parents are over 60, so it's like, mm. I'm slightly concerned for my mom, even though San Antonio's infection rate is way higher than most of the country right now, I think. Well, I mean, the other metro areas here. Yeah, aside from, yeah, the other metro areas in the state. So I'm slightly concerned for my mom because she travels a lot for work. But once again... Our infection rate's way high here, so it actually would be better for her not to be here. It's better that she's gone <laughs> somewhere yeah. else working. Travel used to be a question for me to screen people, and a couple of weeks ago, I was like, no, it don't matter. It don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> you oh, just being you... <laughs> here, checking the box automatically. I mean, don't. It's, it's a non-factor at this point. Yeah. I don't know if there's any, like, takeaway about how we're doing. I think the big thing that's been fascinating for me with you is that it eventually did bother you that we're just here. That was interesting. It did, but then, I mean, I've gotten back into the new normal. Yeah. 
because I, I know you like to be home and stuff for the most part. And after a while, he was really starting to be like, can we go somewhere? <laughs> I think it was just the thing that everyone else was grappling with, which was I just wanted some semblance of what the normal was before. Mm. What did that involve? Going out somewhere. So ordinarily, uh, let's go to the, you know, the nearby area. Eh, let's go to the farmer's markets. Meh. Yeah. I just kind of want to relax. And then now, I'm okay with it now, but I think I've I've finally let go. Like, I've, I've, I've grieved. I was angry. I did, like, all the stages. Got you. Yeah. And then now I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm where you were in March, where I know that nothing's going to be the same. Got you. Things, like, the shell may be there, like Disney World, or, no, I'm serious, like, Disney World or some of these other big... Um, areas or sports or something like that. Like the arenas and the and the sports and the games will still be played, but it won't be the same. Yeah. I think my thing, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, is that, like, I turned 30 this year mm. um, in August, August 23rd. Start of the Virgo season. Virgos unite. Um, and I had already had, like, an idea of what I wanted to do for my 30th birthday and how I didn't necessarily want to spend it here. What also informs this is we did not go anywhere last year. Yeah, cause we and we hadn't really traveled at all last year. So I was just interested to not turn 30 here in San Antonio. And then, you know, did we accept that that's just wait. not what it is. What did, what did we do 2017? I don't even no, know. No, we did a so we yeah, we did a staycation here at the St. Anthony. That was nice. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Cuz yeah, you were remember you were having a thing. One of the I think it, we filmed a podcast there too. I think we filmed like two there. Did we? <laughs> yeah, I think we did. We ended up no. filming two podcast episodes there. Oh, yeah, there. we did. That was before we had this sort of official setup. For sure. We were still beginning to realize what the podcast was. We haven't actually vacationed. We have traveled mostly for work for me. <laughs> well, and, and I think so. I, I think vacationing is a luxury, right? I mean, we're going to admit that. Of course. But it's more of the escapism. So we have not engaged in the escapism, and now we are in non-escapism times. Yeah. So we're kind of running on empty a little bit, I guess. And especially you transitioning into the big three O. Big three O. Mm. count it i don't know i mostly i i still i'm not really that big on birthdays anyway as you know so i just feel like i feel like it's a little bit performative like oh i should do something for turning 30 rather than it just being like yeah i mean i'm turning 30 i mean you have to make your own finish line sometimes that's true otherwise you're just running oh my god i've been running for 300 miles already if I pass that stone, I'm going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Beat that bird. Eat it, bird. And the bird's just looking up at you. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, I know for I know that I yeah, we probably won't go anywhere this year, which is a bummer. But it's also like get over it. There's bigger issues than you not going somewhere, you know? You know what yeah. I mean? I like I go back and forth with that feeling a lot. Uh, man, I'm so sad. Like just mourning what the the possibilities of what the year could have been, 
and coming to terms with that and reconciling that. But I then also, you, huh? Go ahead. Well, but then also just being like, yeah, it's a bummer. You're having a bummer year, but you're like alive <laughs> and have a job and like you know, because a lot of people are really struggling right now. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> get over yourself, Polly's. <laughs> you know, it's like that. Well, you were mourning 2020, but I mean, you've you've done so well. Yeah, and but that's. I mean, aside from this last push. Yeah. This this most recent streak of success. Aside from that, you have done really well this year. Yeah, and that's actually not to get too far off topic, but that's another like I've told you about a little bit video or film or something that I'm trying to figure out how to formulate an idea on because. While I have had a lot of success this year, I've noticed that usually in times of chaos, I do have a lot of success. Mm. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. It's like that whole make a way out of no way thing that us black people tend to do. But really, I think part of that is like the generational trauma of what does it mean to succeed and like thrive in chaos? And is that necessarily a good thing? Like what am I not coming to terms with? You know what I mean? And so I've been trying to figure out how to formulate a film or a video around working through that. Because that is something I'm actively working through right now. I mean, we're just like everybody else. Just like all the people listening and or watching. Yeah. You know, all the things that you thought you were be doing. You thought you were be doing. You thought you would be doing. You either are not or they're delayed. And, you know, the job that you thought you had is no longer a thing. Right. Maybe. Yeah. There's a lot of transitionings. It's a lot of pivoting. It's yeah. a lot of evolving. Yeah. Um, but all the while, should be staying safe and promoting justice. Yeah. That's true. And then, yeah, the whole second layer of the whole thing with the... I feel like that's been the big... Yeah, I mean, so people are getting sick and all that other stuff. But sure. the, the whole racial injustice thing, I feel like that's the biggest elephant in the room. For sure. I think that's actually been the thing that I've been trying to grapple with the most. Something that was interesting about as more names and more hashtags begin to uh, come out of the woodwork once the country started reopening, um, I found myself actually being very grateful that I could just, that I didn't have to interact with the world. I started using the social distancing and the quarantine as a way to like silo myself off from the rest of the country because I kind of just, <laughs> you know. Still had to protect you from trying to engage. Yeah. With others. True. That. Yes. Didn't know <laughs> and couldn't know. We're not in the right headspace to know. Yes. I went through a, s it only lasted a day, first of all. I went through a day where I did try to engage people online and that was not smart. What a day. <laughs> I should not have done that. I knew better, too, but it just, you know, we all know. I mean, some people <laughs> would say that that's, that's what you got to do. You got to do, you yeah. know, whatever, and it's always war, and you got to, you know, yeah. every day is a battlefield, and it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But, again, the thing that I didn't talk about at the previous podcast was I'm concerned about the microcosm, and all my energy is going into you and making yeah. sure that you are mentally well because you are doing these things. You are engaging online. Your existence, your livelihood is online. Yeah. And so you go out and you do these things and you have to 
absorb some of it. You have to absorb so much of it that my energy is already limited. My emotional energy and my emotional state is limited by the time I come home. Yeah. And even then, whatever is remaining goes into you and making sure that, you know, are we eating? Are we making stuff? You're talking about something. Are we digesting it? Remember that you, like, I feel you shouldn't be doing this. And what by that I mean engaging in, like, some circles. Because that circle ain't going to know that it's a circle. (laughs) That circle still believes it's a square. That circle is still drawing, like, phallic shapes in the dust. (laughs) This is like, don't even go over there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's where my energy was focused at. Yeah, I know. It still is. Yeah. And that's that's it. The biggest takeaway is that we've just turned into ourselves. But I do feel like this first half of the year, some of the best cinematic work I've done so far has happened this year. And a lot of that is because of being home, kind of alone, having that time to experiment and so on and so forth. Not to say that like, ooh, can't wait to have another pandemic so I can make that next cinematic gold. Like, no. But at the same time, for me, I, like in the process of trying to find any kind of silver lining from this moment that we're all in, I think it's the, yeah, the films for me. A lot of times it's not the silver lining. A lot of times you've made something in the oven and it's either sticky or very greasy and you've, you've lined the tray with foil and now you're really just hoping to God that the foil held. So you're just trying to cut your losses. And sometimes you lift up the foil and there's just a whole mess of stain waiting for you, waving at you. Yeah. Other times it's it's held up. So sometimes it's not even silver lining. Sometimes it's just a lack of, of garbage. <laughs> I am still waiting for that time. But I am hopeful that there will be a period of a lack of garbage. Okay. And I hope... That you experience that too. Yes. Dear viewer, listener. Yes. But yeah, there's such a broad range of how people are working through this time, whether it be on the really hard, devastating side of like you've lost your job for whatever reason. Or you've lost family members. Or you've lost family members. And like rental facilities are starting to be like, where's your rent? But you don't have a job. Like all those kind of... Unemployment benefits are getting cut. All that kind of stuff. Like on the super extreme side. And then there's the people like, I feel like me, who's just kind of had to adjust and pivot. And that's more or less it. Just adjusting and pivoting. I mean, I am financially a little scared, if you will. But at the same time... Again, if y'all have been with me for a while, you know that during this time I had meant to be in sabbatical and the point wasn't to make money. The point was just to figure out what the next thing is. So, And we still ain't got to that point yet. But just haven't figured it out. <laughs> we'll get there. Because, yeah. But, and yeah, and so, and then there's people like you that are having an interesting time with it because you're in the medical industry. And so I was telling someone else, I was like, it's a beauty and a curse being in the medical field because, yeah, you're always going to have a job because people are always going to be getting sick. That ain't true. But at the... No, I'm just saying there there have been a lot of hospital systems that actually cut staff. True. I'm Well, so like as an... I feel like there's a lot more job security as a nurse. I would say that. Whether it be with a specific hospital or if that hospital closes, you can find something else. Mm. Rather than like nobody's getting films right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so... 
I feel like for people like you, it's a blessing and a curse where there is at least perceived a lot more job security. But at the same time, in a pandemic and any kind of global crisis, you're going to be the ones on the front lines that are probably going to get it and catch or just have a greater risk. So it's like, you know, there's perks to it and then there's the downside. Yeah, mm. you always have a job, but you're always going to be worried about catching something. So that comes with its own stress level. So I don't know. It's hard to talk about this because there's going to be so many people on such a far spectrum of how they're experiencing it right now, you know? Mm. And you want to, like, acknowledge everyone in where they're experiencing it, you know? At least I, I want to. I don't know. That being said, I need more tea. Okay. Thank you so much for listening slash watching this episode of the Stumblewell podcast in the comments below. Let us know how you're doing. Mm. How are things going for you? The good, the bad? Have you had any new realizations during this time? Not to make it all, you know, how are we self-actualizing through that? Like, not to put that on you too much because... Uh, are there times where you get out of jammies? Yeah. Are the jammies clean? Exactly. Shrug. Like, did you have a small victory today that was just like, you know what, for me... That's good during this time. Let us know in the comments below. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.